All right, welcome back to the Fun and Gun Sports Podcast. This is episode two, our first midweek episode. We're kind of planning on a, a schedule here where uh, in the middle of the week we'll talk about uh, everything in general in sports, and then we'll get to preview the college football slate, uh, which is what we're going to do today. And then Saturday night, Sunday, we're going we're gonna to recap. So we're, we're looking at right now the idea is to do those two episodes every week just to let everyone know what we're aiming for going forward. How are you doing today, J.D.? I'm doing great, Max. I hope you are too. I'm excited I, to get get started today. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Ready for uh, for all all the sports. We I mean, I got a bunch of sports going on right now. Uh, I'm gonna talk some a little bit of baseball, a little bit of hockey. Get into the NBA Finals game one, uh, and then we'll talk about the college football slate today. And we've also got uh, a guest coming up at the end of the episode who's gonna talk a little bit about uh, some gambling lines and some some picks he likes this weekend. So. Uh, let's dive right into it. Uh, so before we get into anything else, JD, I know you're not a huge baseball guy or a hockey guy. Uh, am I correct in that statement? Yeah, I don't keep up nearly as much uh, with with baseball, and I, I love watching hockey, but I just don't, especially right now since you know the finals are going on and college football is starting to kick off. But um, yeah, I, I just haven't really been keeping up with those two nearly as much. So I'll let you kind of cover most of that stuff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll quickly touch on those. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup earlier this week. Congratulations to them. Uh, great comeback story, JD. I'm sure you're you're aware of uh, you know Virginia basketball, and you know they lost to the 16 seed for the first time in the NCAA tournament. They came back and right. and won the next year. It's sort of a similar story for the Lightning. They got swept as the uh, as the number one team in the league last year in the playoffs, uh, and they came back in this year. Uh, and, and went and took the whole thing after uh, another impressive season. They had a skilled roster. They could have blown it up after they got swept, but uh, their management kind of kept that squad together, and they showed some resiliency, came back, and, and won it all. So congratulations to the Lightning taking the Stanley Cup over the Stars. Uh, and then just baseball. I mean, it's been awesome watching baseball last couple days. I think last two days we've had – Baseball, baseball, pretty much all day. Yesterday, starting at noon and going till 5 o'clock, there was a new game starting every hour. So there was a game at noon, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and then a couple games at night, and it went to like 1.30. Uh, so this week was pretty awesome for baseball fans, uh, unless you like the Braves or the Reds, because then you had to watch them score no runs for 13 innings, uh, which was, was really exciting. I can't imagine why more people don't watch baseball after that offensive explosion. Uh, but that is a, a quick quick look at baseball and hockey. Uh, and now, J.D. and I, let's get into to the meat of what happened this week in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. Um, last night, obviously, as the final score shows, wasn't totally close for most of the game. Uh, Lakers won 116-98. to um, But the Heat started off pretty good. I think, I think they started off on a uh, – like a 13, 13 point lead in the first quarter. Yeah, they were up. Like they were up twenty five twelve in the first half, and then, yeah. and then a thirty point swing for the Lakers. Uh, they were yeah, down but, by seventeen by halftime. Yeah, at one point, I think the I think I saw that the Lakers went on a seventy five to thirty run. Um, the second and third quarter was what won the game for the Lakers, um, and then LeBron just came into the fourth. Like he said after the game, he said in the press conference. Uh, he remembered game two of the 2011 NBA Finals against the Mavericks where they came back and 
Uh, Dirk hit that layup to go ahead with five seconds to go. Uh, he, he had that in his mind, and he, he didn't want to let that happen again, so he stayed in the fourth um, and got the Lakers the W. He just kept his foot on the gas, and, and watching LeBron in the playoffs this year, I mean, he's, he's just on another level. I mean, watching him late-game situations against the Nuggets, I remember specifically, probably game five or game four, uh, he was just taking the ball off the court himself, going ISO, couple possessions late in the game and he was just knocking down every shot like he couldn't be stopped yeah um and and the heat you know in order for the heat to win a couple games you know they're gonna have to get those those three-point shots from guys like duncan robinson and 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 tyler hero and they just they didn't really have that in game one like that's their bread and butter and if 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 you don't have that they're not going to be able to keep up with the the size the talent the athleticism of guys like anthony davis and lebron right and i i will say uh the heat they, they were at a bit of a disadvantage last night. Uh, Butler was playing a little hurt from, for most of the game. Adebayo and Dragic both left the game with injuries. Um, Dragic with a foot injury, and bam, I want to say it was a hand in, injury. I think, it was, uh, I think it was his shoulder. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. He was, he was holding his hand at one point, but, yeah, I think it ended up being his shoulder. Um, so, yeah, prayers up to those guys. I think they're listed as doubtful for game two, so definitely not an advantage for the Heat. But um, hopefully they'll be back as quickly as possible and we can get a good series out of it. But uh, I, I think the Lakers are definitely uh, by far the favorites at this point. And if you go ahead and look at, at the Lakers' playoff run so far, uh, I'd even argue it's, some, it's kind of been done quietly in a way. They've, they've won every series they've played in, in five games. Right. Uh, like, they haven't faced that much opposition uh, maybe the media sort of played it up, especially I know at the beginning of the of the Blazers series in the first round, there was a lot of a lot of Blazers hype, and then the the Lakers went on to, to win four straight and sort of yeah. sweep them aside. And then they they handled the Rockets, they handled the the Nuggets pretty easily. The Nuggets looked like they might have made it a series after Game Two, Game Three, but uh, I mean they're in a way they're kind of they're kind of steamrolling their way through the playoffs. Uh, and if especially if the Heat are missing. Add a bio on the on the interior to try to guard a guy like Anthony Davis. Uh, if they're if they're missing those those key contributors like Adebayo and Drogic, it's it's hard to see anything else but you know four game maybe five game series uh, with the Lakers bringing it home. Yeah, that's that's what I would have predicted before last night. It was Lakers in five, but now honestly, I could definitely see them in four. Um, I think Jimmy Butler could possibly will Miami to a win, especially if it's like 3-0 Lakers and maybe they kind of overlook uh, game four. But um, definitely the Lakers looking like the eventual champions at this point. Uh, I, I just saw uh, Duncan Robinson did have zero points last night, shot only three, uh, three field goals, missed all, missed all three, and they were all threes, and, and he played 27 minutes. So – um, having an inside presence like Adebayo, I think definitely contributed to that because, you know, they're not really focused on the interior anymore because they don't really have anyone to focus on other than maybe like Kelly Olenek or uh, <laughs> Myers Leonard, but he didn't even play. So um, definitely a disadvantage for Miami to have Bam out. And, uh, and Tyler Hero, you know, he, he was getting a bunch of, a bunch of hype deserved after his his 30 point explosion against against the Celtics but 
Uh, six for 18 last night, two for eight from three, minus 35. It's brutal. That's brutal. I mean, I feel for the kid. He's 20 years old. He's out there. He's balling. I mean, he's a year older than me, and he's playing in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to put any of that on him, but uh, you got to think Spolstra is maybe going to try to spread it around, try to get other guys more involved on offense, not to put too much of the burden on Tyler Hero, uh, but he's got to perform. I mean, they've got to play. Jimmy Butler said it best in the, in the post-game press conference. They knew they had to play their best game to have a chance to beat the Lakers, and, and it just wasn't close to that. And they're, they're going to need an almost perfect level of play to, to stay in this. And with injuries, that might not even be possible. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Hero, 30 minutes played, uh, 6 for 18, which is, you know, it's not terrible, but it's not good enough to beat the Lakers, right? Especially if he's a top five contributor on the team and probably their best shooter, either him or Duncan Robinson. And he can't he can't defend LeBron. Like, like yeah, Jimmy I mean, Butler might be the only guy on the team that can defend LeBron. Yeah, I, I'd say it's either Butler, maybe Crowder, although he was, uh, by some people's standards, they said that he was playing a little dirty last night. I don't know about that, but... I'd say it's Butler, Crowder, and maybe Iguodala who can guard LeBron. But other than that, I don't think anyone on the team can. I mean, all they're going to do is slow him down. No one can stop LeBron, obviously. Um, so He's unstoppable. It makes him, that's what makes him so great. Uh, and maybe he'll add a fourth ring. It's, 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 it's starting to look more and more likely he'll add that fourth ring and he'll bring Anthony Davis. Or maybe Anthony Davis is bringing LeBron along with him 34 points. I mean, They've both been a well-oiled machine for the Lakers in the playoffs. I don't see that stopping anytime soon. I won't crown them the champions just yet because I have been sort of rooting for the Heat. Everybody loves a good underdog story, and the way they play is pretty fun. they got some fun guys, but it's looking very close to the end of the road for the Miami Heat. Yeah, um, one thing I wanted to add to that, uh, some people are saying – that AD is carrying LeBron in these finals or, or in, the, in the playoffs in general. And I, I just don't understand where that's coming from. I mean, AD is arguably just as good as LeBron, but I, to say he's carrying him it doesn't really make much sense to me. I saw multiple comments on Instagram last night, especially on like Bleacher Report post, um, that LeBron was being put in in the fourth quarter to stat pad or, or whatever, all that nonsense. And it's just, it, it doesn't make much sense to me to, to, to say that he's stat padding in a finals game. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I wasn't saying that uh, sincerely. It was sort of like a, a joke. I mean, he, he had a near triple double last night and he's, he's also like LeBron, LeBron James. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. But I mean, Anthony Davis, uh, if he gets the ring this year, I, I can't think of hardly anyone other than my boy Chris Paul, who de- who's played long enough and deserves it as much at this point. For sure. Maybe CP3 will get his ring soon. Yeah, I hope uh, so. I hope he does. You know, yeah. he, he's, he's a bit of a, a hot topic in the NBA, but uh, I don't know how you can't love Chris Paul. I mean, unless you're Julius Hodge or uh, any of the teams that he, he used to play for. Speaking of teams Chris Paul used to play for, Los Angeles Clippers, firing Doc Rivers earlier this week, and it looks like it won't be long before he gets another job. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia has already talked to him. He's a top, probably top two candidate, along with uh, Mike D'Antoni, who 
I don't see fitting with Philadelphia very well. So I'd say Doc Rivers is probably the favorite to get the Philadelphia job. Um, I was going to say another place I could see him fitting in pretty well was Houston with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, maybe maybe they need to get a, a little bit more inside presence, a, a better center, a power forward, maybe not go so much towards small ball with Doc, but uh, I, I could see that being a good fit too. Yeah, I saw a report that Doc was going to be watching the game one of the finals with the Sixers management. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he could do with the talent there, how he could incorporate uh, Simmons and Embiid, obviously their, their, their star duo there. Uh, and you know, this topic also makes me wonder uh, if there's going to be a lot of roster shuffling going on in, uh, in Houston. Uh, obviously, Daryl Morey's still there, the GM, and, and the Morey ball small ball philosophies there, but without Dan Tony uh, and his seven seconds or less, do you think maybe they might possibly seek a little more inside presence uh, in, in free agency or possibly through, through some trades? Definitely. Uh, one guy who could be a, a free agent this, this offseason, if he uh, declines his option, is Montrez Harrell. They could look at him to, to fill their center spot. He's kind of he's – he's like a small ball center. I mean, he, I think he's about 6'9", 6'10". There's no, so, there's no better candidate to get overpaid this, uh, this offseason. Yeah, Montrez, for sure. I, I kind of – I'm hoping the Hornets look at him, but I'm really hoping they Hornets do not – the Hornets do not need to be spending whatever he's going to be asking. Yeah, I know, I know he's going to be asking for a lot. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see them going after a guy like that. Um, I, I really think that if they hadn't traded away Clint Capella – I mean, I know they wanted to go small ball, but I think if they hadn't given up Capella, they would have had a lot better chance this – uh, this year, but um, they committed the small ball, and uh, now D'Antoni's gone. Looks like they might have to go back to what they were doing in the first place. But um, Doc, Doc, I, I think he can get a job with any of these teams that are they're still open. Uh, Philly, Houston, New Orleans is a good job with Zion. Kind of reminds me of what he had with Blake Griffin and uh, and CP3 Lonzo being uh, his point guard, but. Um, yeah, definitely a, a top coaching candidate this offseason. Yeah, and I think that New Orleans team, it could be a very – it's a, I mean, already a fun roster, but uh, they, they could produce some results. I mean, they were, they were close this year with, with Alvin Gentry, and, you know, with the right leadership, they might be able to go somewhere. They got, you know, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, a couple, couple guys fill key roles there with Zion running the show. And yep. I think New Orleans could be, uh, at the very least – bottom four playoff seed next year yeah this this upcoming year yeah definitely um and who knows what who knows what zion will become in the future lots to build on there uh, by the way uh, while we're on the topic of nba do you see like the only player for the hornets not to do the uh training camp nick batum <laughs> yeah i did well did biombo show up i feel like i feel like i saw that he didn't go either so maybe maybe both of them will I just, I just wanted to take I just wanted to take the opportunity to have a a Nick Batum slam Nick, uh, Nick Batum slander session. Slander, yeah. <laughs> um, one more year. Hey, he could, he hasn't opted in yet, you know. Who who knows? Yeah, at one he point, might not take the free $25 million. Who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> at one point during the season he said he felt sorry for Charlotte fans and people were like, well maybe he'll How opt how out. sorry do you feel, Nick? Yeah, Let's how, find how out. How sorry are you? If you're really sorry, you might opt out of your contract, but uh, I don't expect that to happen. Um, either way, he'll be sitting on the bench the whole year. 
um, if he if he opts in. Of course, so. of course. Let's get some uh, some Hornets talk out of the way while we're here. By the way, oh, I, I just want to I just nice. want to make it known. I do not want them to draft Lamelo Ball. I <laughs> nobody I want <laughs> less than a, him. This is see, I thought that originally, and and then I kind of let myself get talked into it because I think it was widely assumed. For John a while David, that, John David, he said he will not fix his shooting form. Well, he quit that's, the that's, combine. You don't. It, he has so much potential, and you don't. You don't know that he won't fix it. You know, he might subconsciously fix it. Uh, well, then it, well, that'll be a process. He shot twenty-five percent in. Well, guess what? Luka Doncic. I want to say he he shot thirty-four percent in Europe. That's a, that's average. That's average. Yeah, but but you could make Lamelo go from bad to average three. I'm just saying, I would rather I would rather have a guy like uh, like Okungwu. Oh really? I, if you could trade down, I bet the Knicks. Okay, it well, seems yeah. like what? We yeah, Lamelo down. wants to play for the Knicks. So if we can trade down, get Okungwu, and then maybe offload someone like like Rozier. Because uh-huh. his value is as well, high yeah, as the ever. Knicks, the Knicks do want Rozier. The Knicks were interested in Rozier last year. Yeah. There are um, some moves that could be made. Now, you want to put yourself in a prime position for 2021 free agency. It's, we're not going to get a headliner free agent. And we, no. we know that. Like, we, we all know that Charlotte's not attracting uh, guys like Giannis or if you know, Kawhi declined his option. Yeah. But there are some... So like it's a big free agent class. Like I don't remember exactly who's in it. I'll, I'm gonna check again, uh, just for a a, a refresher. But let me just but, say this about I mean, Lamelo. There's a big opportunity. I mean, you got the core there. You got PJ Washington. You yeah. got Devonte. There's a lot that can be done with that roster, and they could seriously make a step towards being a a playoff can maybe not a championship contender. I mean, it's almost impossible to do in Charlotte, but. A playoff right. team at the very least. Yeah, I think they definitely have a shot at the playoffs next year, especially if whoever they get in the draft this year is a hit. Um, the thing about LaMelo is I totally get what you're saying. I'm not exactly a big supporter of taking a guy who can't really – who we don't think can shoot and plays point guard mostly anyway. And we, uh, when we have – we have a starting point guard. Yeah, yeah, point yeah. Guard well, right? we have two. We have two. Um, well, I mean, Rozier – if we're gonna he keep him, guard. He's, if he's you're a, gonna keep him, he should be a shooting guard because he is actually a fantastic spot up shooter. He, he but his ball handling guard. and his turnover rates are are terrible. Yeah, I'd say he's like an undersized shooting guard, um, sort of similar to CJ McCollum, but a little less of a shooter. Um, he's a good shooter. He's though. also I don't know if you saw the stat from earlier in the season, but he's like the best clutch shooter in the entire league. Yeah, he did. He did hit a lot of clutch threes for us this year. I, I will say that. Um, but the thing with Lamelo is, it 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 almost gives me like an Oklahoma City from this year type of type of deal, uh, where you've got Devonte as say Chris Paul, and then you've got Terry as Dennis Schroeder. Obviously, Schroeder came off the bench, and then you've got Lamelo, who's like an oversized point guard playing small forward. If he can get his defense up, you know, we could have some interesting small ball rotations. Who's, uh, who's, Lamello? who's Lamello in this situation? Shai Gilgis-Alexander. SGA? Well, yeah. we don't – so who's our, who's our Lou Dort? Is that Cody Martin? Yeah, I guess that'd have to be Cody. Yeah. Hey, I, I'll say last summer, summer league going into the season, I thought Cody Martin was just going to be an absolute bust. But him and Caleb 
they what they both, do on defense for this team. They both are, are definitely I love key pieces of the team. Love yeah. them. Yeah. Former yeah, NC were, State alums too. They transferred out, but you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember Florida playing them, uh, Nevada in the uh, in the March Madness tournament, and I was I was impressed with both of them. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, future pieces of this team. Um, one thing with Wiseman, would you would you rather have? Do you think you'd rather have Wiseman or Edwards? Because there have been rumors that the Timberwolves want to take Lamelo with the first pick. Uh, it might not fit with the blueprint of how the NBA is going these days, but I'd rather have the big guy. I'd rather have uh, Wiseman. I think I would too. I think he's got a higher floor than than Edwards, and that's not why I'd take them. I, I mean, Mitch Mitch Kupchak said we have to draft on uh, talent, but Wise, Wiseman. I think he'd fit the team really well. He's obviously got a lot of talent. It's kind of uh, like, I mean, it's so the parallels aren't all there, but it's kind of like a Michael Porter Jr. situation. You didn't see him play, like, at all in college, mm-hmm. but he was a highly touted guy beforehand. Yeah. Uh, but he's not getting overlooked. Like, he's obviously going to be a top three pick in this draft, but still. Right. I think the, uh, I mean, if, we're, if you're so happy about, like, Melo's potential, I mean, if Wiseman's still on the board, I want him instead. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, out of those three, LaMelo is my least favorite prospect out of those three. Um, but I also like Denny Advisha, too. I think I haven't I think seen be... a ton of him. Uh, I just know that he's the he's the Euro guy. I need to do my research yeah. more. Uh, uh, well, he says he can play one through four, and that's what I like. He's really versatile. Um, so that would be really helpful, especially if you want to put Miles at power forward sometimes, you know. Um, but, yeah, I like him, too. If we were to trade down – I would either want him or Okongwu or uh, maybe 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 Isaac Okoro, but there's a lot of guys. Uh, Okoro too for his defense, but I mean, there's a lot of guys. I'm just glad that they got the the lottery pick, the move up because you know they have so many options. Yeah, uh, and they'll be keeping an eye on the development of guys like Miles. uh, Right, especially on defense. Like that's one of the main reasons I really don't want Lamelo. Dude plays zero defense. Yeah, uh, and exactly. that is not what this team needs. So I'm just I'm optimistic. No matter yeah, what think, happens, even if they do end up with Lamelo, I'll be optimistic until they prove that I shouldn't be, which is probably the worst part of being a Hornets fan. If you're always optimistic, because they they never win anything. Uh, Max, before we move on, I was gonna I just wanted to see what's your what's your opinion on Obi Toppin? You think he'll be you think he'll be pretty good or what? Oh, I I, I mean. For someone who's watched as much college basketball as I do, I just I don't know about Obi Toppin because he <laughs> played in the Atlantic Ten and he got his his flashy dunks. I think it could have helped to have seen him in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament if it hadn't been canceled. It's been so long since there's been basketball. It's honestly hard for me to remember what most of these college guys play like. Yeah. They, instead, like when I don't have any draft hype or anything to read about draft boards online. Uh, but I don't see – I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of chatter about Obi Toppin. I loved watching him in college, but I don't – I'm not an expert by any means in how those tr- skills transfer to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know what uh, skills you don't want, which is no defense and no shooting like Lomelo, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm, – I'm out on Obi Toppin just simply because uh, I'm dumb and I don't know enough about him. What I was going to say – I. I like. I think he'll be. I think he'll be a good player. Um, I don't know if he'll be a great player, but 
I don't want the Hornets to take him because I feel like he's oh not at three, similar. not at three. No, for sure. No. Well, I don't want him to take him. Period in the top ten because I think he's too similar to to Miles and and PJ. We've already. Oh, uh, got- you know, yeah, he is that like six six to six eight kind of athletic yeah. guy. It's definitely that, not what we need. That's a big time uh, Mitch Kupchak type type draft uh, prospect. So hopefully we stay away. from Well, him. as long as we don't end up with another tall white guy. Well, yeah, we that's can. true. Well, uh, MJ loves Dennis, those tall white. At, at least there's not a UNC prospect. Uh, unless, yeah, well, unless they end Kobe, up taking Cole Anthony at three, Cole, and then I'm <laughs> then I'm I'm just throwing away any Hornets gear, and I'm I'm done. But that would never happen, right, yeah, MJ? Yeah. Right? That would never happen. Yeah, come on, MJ. You, I don't you know, know what to do. I don't know. All right. <laughs> uh, that's enough. That's enough Hornets talk for now. Uh, there's just so much to to be determined. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think, I think we should have a Hornets segment every should, every uh, episode. At least for these midweek episodes, definitely some Hornets talk. Yeah. I, I, I'm hyped on them no matter what. Even if they're terrible, I'm going to be hyped. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. Which either, is right? kind of unfortunate, as you're <laughs> well aware. But uh, that's just the life. That's the life of Charlotte basketball. Yep. So that'll wrap up uh, general sports talk. And then we'll get into our uh, college football preview for this weekend. Uh, so let's go ahead. We're going to do it chronologically. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. There used to be a podcast I love to listen to called Podcasting Played Nobody uh, with Richard Johnson and Stephen Godfrey. Uh, unfortunately, a casualty of COVID and everything that happened with SB Nation. Uh, but they always did a tasting menu segment where they would break down all the games uh, chronologically for the upcoming weekend. And uh, well, since they're not able to do it anymore, uh, it's, I think it's our turn. Who, who better than us, right, J.D.? That's right. Surely no one else has thought of this or done this. Exactly. We, we, are, we are pioneers. Pioneers of doing the same thing, but <laughs> with different opinions, maybe. We'll see. Uh, so we'll start. We've got two Friday games this week. We've got Campbell and Wake Forest. A nice FCS matchup for Wake to bounce back with. I think they're favored by 35. Should be a nice, easy win for the Clawson crew. Definitely. And then we've got undefeated BYU. They've got Louisiana Tech at home. No fans in the stands because of uh, some, some COVID problems in the area. They were designated as a high-risk area or something. So uh, there won't be any fans at BYU. But, I mean, they've looked incredibly impressive in their, uh, what is it, two games this year. Just I think their point differential might be best in the FBS. I swear I saw that stat this week. Uh, but, yeah, BYU. Yeah, the line is BYU uh, minus 24, so. Yeah, they'll roll. They'll roll. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll easily win that one. Yeah, if I can just calculate. It's a 103 to 10, so they're a plus 93 after two games. Hopefully they That's... get to reschedule that Army game that got canceled because of uh, Army's, like, positive test contact tracing. Yeah. That would be an interesting game, I think. That would. So those are two games happening on Friday. We'll jump into Saturday. Uh, noon slate, uh, your Gators taking on South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, yep. what, what's, what's your, what's your expectation headed into this game for Florida? Well, uh, Max, I forgot to tell you this. I'll be, I'll actually, I'm going down there for that game. Um, okay. I expect, that'd be no, fun. I, yeah. I, I would love to be at a college football. I mean, obviously it's not ideal. Uh, and some people, would rather not at this time, but you know, right. we're, we're fanatics and um, you know, I, I'd be following all those guidelines and all that just for that atmosphere. 
yeah, being I mean, at a college football game. There, nothing beats it. Yeah, it's it's twenty percent capacity, and I, I'm pretty sure you know everybody will be socially distanced. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, as for Florida, I expect them to come out of this game uh, with a win, at least at least by I don't know twenty points. Um, South Carolina. They looked good against Tennessee, but played played a good game against Tennessee that we did not talk about. Yeah, that at we all forgot to we actually forgot to talk about last week or uh, on Sunday. So, um, yeah, Florida's defense, I think I think they'll look a lot better this week. South Carolina really does not have much of an offense at all, obviously in the most must champ way possible. Um, so I'd say Florida's Florida's defense definitely looks a lot better this week. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I don't know if you know about Marshawn Lloyd, Max, but that he was supposed to be uh, South Carolina's starting running back. He's a true freshman, and he, I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL uh, in camp. Yeah, so um, they kind of lost a lot of uh, expected production there. And I think, I think now they're starting Tavian Feaster, the Clemson transfer running back. So uh, Florida's defense should look a lot better this week, and uh, obviously we'll continue to see what the offense looks like. It should, should be pretty good. Yeah, offense put up 51 last week. Looked pretty good. Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, looking nice. Yeah, uh, they should they should be able to keep it up here against South Carolina. We'll see if we'll see if Muschamp can get the get the boys going. Uh, how much longer? How much longer of a leash does he have, South Carolina? Um, unfortunately for him, because of the schedule this season, I don't I don't know. I, I really doubt he makes it to next year. Well, no, you um, think he gets a pass because of the because of all the like changes this year? I, I honestly I don't think so. After going, I think a lot of coaches will. I think a lot of coaches will. Other than that, that one, what was it, Southern Miss coach that got pretty resigned or got fired after week one, I think coaches might be on a, a longer leash this season. Some. I think some will, but Muschamp, I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be bad for two straight years. And I don't, if he can't, I don't know if he can't get something going this year or next, like, yeah. Y'all keep an eye on him. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish him all the best. I want him to do well there. Um, I, I just, they haven't really. They haven't done much since 2017. Yeah. Uh, that Florida-South Carolina game on ESPN at noon. Uh, another noon game, Texas and TCU facing off uh, on Fox, which would be Big Noon Saturday. I don't know if it's Big Noon Saturday for the Big 12 as well. Is that a, is that a Big 10 exclusive thing on Fox, or, or are the noon games in the Big 12 also technically uh, Big I'm Noon Saturday? I'm not sure. I'm, my guess is it's probably just Big 10 that does that. They but... probably – I mean – but I don't, I don't know, know if they did it in previous seasons, but they might substitute it in if it's not anyway. This yeah. Season. But Texas, Texas is back. We get Texas is back. Check. Texas <laughs> is back. Um. Yeah. I mean, they should handle TCU pretty handily. You know, they took down or no, they uh what, lost by three to Iowa State last week. Iowa State yeah. looked pretty awful. So, not liking TCU in this game. Texas should still be back two and zero after this game. Yeah, they uh, they survived Texas Tech last week. I think they'll handle TCU this week. Gary Patterson knows how to coach a defense. The line sometimes. is uh, so, minus twelve on that one, Max. I would take that in a heartbeat. I would too. Well, we'll ask Liam about that later in the show. Yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Mizzou going to Knoxville take on Tennessee. Uh, you know, Missouri looked like any team taking on Alabama last week. Uh, and Tennessee's got the longest active – is it longest active Power 5 or longest active FBS winning streak? I want to say it's FBS. Um, what is it, 8 now? Is it 8 or 7? Look at Pruitt. Look at Pruitt and company. Yeah. They're, I know Jay's ranked, happy about them. 
ranked because you know two conferences are are not in or partially in the in the top 25 and they got a nice little win streak going against uh, a, a lot of a lot of nobodies to be to be honest but uh, you, you look at them go you know it's it's been a minute since they've had some i mean that's something to, something to smile about so good, good for they, them they had a losing streak going to uh to nobody's beginning of last season exactly so, so you know good uh, good for the good for the vols good to see him get back into it should be able to handle missouri this week uh Nayland Stadium, I don't know what their capacity is going to be at this week, but I'm sure it's going to be sizable enough to, to make that difference. I've heard it's a great game day atmosphere. I'd like to see a game there one day. Uh, yeah, I got Tennessee there. Only heard good things about Tennessee's home, home field advantage. Yeah, I'll take Tennessee on that one too. All right, it's time to get to my homer segment because we got NC State going to Pitt, playing at noon on the ACC Network. Uh, third straight ACC Network game, which is uh, just a mini rant. It's kind of annoying. We don't have it in the cable package in my apartment. So you have to stream it through the PS4 and the quality drops and it gets behind. It's just, it's so annoying. Uh, but uh, to put on the Homer goggles for a minute here, uh, NC State's main problem this year has been the defense. And, you know, Pittsburgh, not exactly blowing folks out of the water with, with Kenny Pickett in their offense this year. Their defense is their strong suit. Uh, if Devin Leary's starting for NC State, We'll see if he's able to to get downfield, get some success uh, against that pit defense. You know, his arm opens up the run game because of that downfield threat. Uh, instead of Bailey Hockman just making terrible reads and throwing interceptions and you know doing whatever Bailey Hockman does, uh, Dave Dorn hasn't committed to a starting quarterback, but you would hope it's Devin Leary because mm-hmm. I think that's the only way NC State has a shot in this game. Uh, Defense has to show up. They get their starting safety and uh, in Tanner Engel and their starting linebacker and Peyton Wilson back, or at least looking that way. I think this game will be closer than than most think. I think the line was Pitt minus fourteen. Yep. Which seems a little a little big for a little high in my opinion. Yeah, a little high for for how little their offense has done this year. Yep. Uh, so at the very least, I would consider NC State against the spread in that game but i don't know i think it should be a decent decent game and we'll see that's my official statement on this game we'll 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 see yeah i, I agree i think uh, i think state will, will definitely make it closer than the line says uh probably going to be a fairly low scoring game though over under is 47 and a half uh i don't know i don't know what your thought is on that but um i don't i it, it's all dependent on what's well, dependent on a lot of honestly yeah pittsburgh has a a fairly pedestrian offense but their defense is is stout against uh what i would consider to be a pretty solid uh nc state offense at least with leary at the helm so Mm -hmm. that's why my official statement is just we'll see who knows i gotta agree with that one all right and uh, a couple more uh probably you know just check in on these games not Really super interesting on paper. ECU at Georgia State, Arkansas State at Coastal Carolina, uh, and and Baylor West Virginia. It's the most interesting out of those three, I would say. Yeah. Baylor with uh, Aranda in his first year at head coach, and West Virginia with a, a loss that I'm still convinced nobody watched last week against Oklahoma State. <laughs> uh, those two will be middle in the pack of the Big 12 for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, at those three games maybe flip the channel once or twice, but uh, I would, I would rather watch any of the ones that we already mentioned probably over, over Definitely. those three. Uh, 1230 is UTSA and UAB. 
Bill Clark and UAB don't get enough credit as a group they of really five don't. team. When did, they came back in 2017, right? I and, think it was um, 2017, yeah. Yeah, and then they they were a winning team pretty pretty much immediately. Lost um, their football program for, for yeah. multiple seasons. Came back and they're still they're chugging along. They're like a seven, eight win team pretty much every year. A solid group of five opponent. Uh, I just want to throw some respect on Bill Clark's name. Yeah, it's impressive what he's done. He'll he'll definitely he's got a future ahead of him. Probably probably somewhere else. Uh, I'm sure right now he's he's saying that he's going to stick with UAB for a while. But uh, my guess is some other school will come calling and he'll get a he'll get a pretty massive deal somewhere because <laughs> that's that's a that's impressive what he's done at UAB. Yeah, I would not be surprised. I mean, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a lot of firings and coach shuffling this season. But right, you know, I I would like to see him in some some head coach candidate lists eventually, unless he's satisfied there. And you know what? That's up to him. Uh, and then last two early afternoon games, one o'clock, Liberty playing North Alabama should be a blowout. Same for Army, Abilene Christian, one thirty. CBS Sports Network. Army took that tough loss last week at uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the triple option just couldn't get going. They had no offense. Uh, but, you know, some love to Army going with that yeah, system over time. Doesn't matter who, who who's on your team. Just run the triple option. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, so let's, got, let's get into the meat of the schedule, which is the, the 330, uh, the 330 slate. Uh, CBS, SEC game of the week. Bama taking on A&M. Well, to me, this isn't really the game of the week, uh, but... Well, it's, I mean, it's the CBS 330 game, so... Yeah, I know, they, they've got to It'll be a four-hour game on CBS, with yeah. commercials every five minutes, and then Alabama will win by 25. Yeah, that's That's, that's my, most... that's my, you know what, that's not enough. 31. I think Alabama 31. wins this game by 31. I was I was thinking closer to maybe 21, 20. I, I don't know about 31. That's You're not very high on Texas a and offense. scored 17 points against Vanderbilt. Oh, I know. I know it was bad. But, uh, I mean, let's. Uh, th- Alabama scored 38 on Missouri last week. I don't know how they're going to win by 31. They probably just honestly followed the script on offense because they didn't have to do much more than that. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, mean, I, mean, I like I like Alabama big in this game either way. Of course, um, of course. Your heart breaks for A and M because they had that that uh, renowned schedule where they were gonna go nine or ten and zero to start the season, and then it just yeah. got it just got destroyed. And you're playing Alabama week two, and I think they've yeah. got Florida coming up too, don't they? Yeah, next week. Oh Florida, my goodness! Uh, at least they have that one in College Station. I'm not exactly. At least they beat. At least they beat Vanderbilt. <laughs> I'm not oh, excited about that game though. I, I think they've got. A, I think A&M's got a shot in that game, unless, yeah, unless they game? just look. Yeah, unless they just look terrible this week, then probably. Not. I don't. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> but you this know. is. Uh, it's just every season, you know. They get they get their hype, their preseason hype, their early season hype, uh, and then it just I don't drops off the cliff. I don't understand why they ever scheduled Clemson. I mean, they play in the SEC West. That's bad enough. Well, that was a great home and home. The first one at oh, yeah. uh, College Station, fun. you know, it was a good game. Yeah, it was a good game, but it's just so hard to play Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, 
LSU. But you know those are all scheduled. Like all those games are scheduled in advance. So well, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if the Clemson home and home for A and M was how long ahead that was yeah, scheduled. Yeah, that's true. It could, it could I doubt they were the. Ahead. I doubt they were the well-oiled death machine that they that they currently are. Yeah. Scheduled. But you know, sometimes you like to. Sometimes you like to get your strength schedule up with those big non-conference just, games, unless you're Duke basketball. <laughs> they just Quick tangent. Quick tangent on Duke the, basketball. Some of the but, hardest schedules in college football. I don't know what year. preseason tournament it was. It was like Atlantis or or some other. It was like a big – Duke was in a big uh, preseason basketball tournament. They pulled out, and now they're hosting uh, – it's like a socially aware, like social justice-themed event, which is fine. Uh, it's in Durham. It's at their home arena, mm-hmm. and they invited Bellarmine, which is in their first year of D1. Elon and Howard, and they're not even playing Howard. <laughs> yeah, some some top opponents there. I don't. I'm worried for Duke in that in that one. Oh, I'm sure. It's just that's. Yeah, I don't know why they're always a top team in college basketball. They refuse to play anybody non-conference, uh, except for like what is it, the Champions Classic every year, where they they play on an aircraft carrier or something. Yeah. Seems like every fair, year they played in the ACC, so I mean they're playing good teams. Everybody, yeah, but yeah, the the non-conference for Duke does not usually uh, excite anyone. It's just they, they they, it's every year. They just it's just a cupcake, uh, a cupcake played, non-conference schedule in like one game against a, a in a like beginning of the season event. They played Gonzaga. Was that last year or two years ago? That was two that, years ago. Yeah, that, that in was Maui. Amazing. Yeah, that was a good game, but yeah, they're I don't know, their non-conference schedule usually leaves a lot to be desired. Just had to just had to slander Duke basketball yeah. real quick, Coach K. Come on, man. By the way, you see the uh, you see the thing. Uh, all the ACC coaches agreed they're going to wear polo shirts for basketball this year instead of suits. I didn't see that. That's that's interesting. I don't know why you need a uh, a league wide agreement to do that, but yeah, you know that's good for them. Uh, you know, if they want to wear polo shirts, they want to they want to wear polo shirts. Yeah, I'm not against it. it. Gives a kind of an NBA bubble type of feel. Yeah, just I just wanted to get that tangent out there. Uh, yeah, you know, Duke, come on, Bellarmine, <laughs> Bellarmine, Bellarmine. I've never even most, heard of. Yeah, Bell- most people have never heard of it because it's their first year in D1, but crazy. Uh, so let's hop back into the 3:30 slate, college football. Uh, UNC going up to BC. Uh, 3:30 on ABC, nationally televised game. Uh, sad as I am to say it, I like the Tar Heels. Yeah, I think UNC will win this game by at least 20. UNC uh, was looking rough against Texas State last week. So yeah, they didn't look too great. Um, their offense, their offense is. I mean, really, Boston College is just a subpar team all around, honestly. But um, first year head coach, you know, Jeff Halfway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like what they're the, doing. The win against Duke was a good win, though. Yeah, but now you realize that. I mean, Duke's offense but, is is. But yeah, Duke is not very good. Yeah. Chase so. Bryce, man, what are you doing? Yeah, so I I, I think UNC a role in this one. Uh, South Florida going up to Cincinnati on ESPN Plus shouldn't be too interesting there. Cincinnati should handle that uh, quite easily. Uh, yeah. But another another group of five uh, American Conference game, uh, sneaky good I think. Memphis at SMU on ESPN too. 
Yeah, that's definitely a that's a that's a big game for for the group of five. Um, I like SMU in this game, honestly. The line is Memphis minus two and a half. Um, I, I don't know if I'd bet on that game, but I like SMU to win this one, honestly. I think it should be a SMU. fantastic game. We haven't yeah. seen a lot of Memphis because of COVID cancellations, right? Uh, but you know, last couple of years, uh, you know, no Norvell anymore. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, they're all, they're always a contender there in in the American, or at least these last few years. Yeah. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, Fox Sports One's got Texas Tech and Kansas State. Uh, both played great games last weekend. Texas Tech putting up 56 points against Texas in that shootout loss, and then Kansas State going and taking down Oklahoma. Big OU. Uh, I don't know. It'll be it'll be weird to see these these two go at it is, is is it just me that thinks that's like a, a strange matchup yeah it's it's kind of weird like to think that these two teams were the ones that you know push push the top two teams in the big 12 well supposedly i use top two team they push them to the to their limit um but honestly the way college football is i could see this game just being an absolute blowout <laughs> yeah i, I mean texas tech is going to score their points you know yeah i, I don't i don't know I don't know if I would bet on this one. It's Kansas State minus two and a half, but um, Chris Klein, hey, Chris Kleiman can 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 coach a team and he can coach oh, a defense. I know. So and I, I just yo, don't I know love, if he has the talent to do it right now. I love Skylar Thompson as a quarterback. He's so consistent. If you if he runs the ball inside the ten yard line, it's like an automatic touchdown. Uh, I think that's one of the one of the three games to keep an eye on, along with uh, to see if Alabama is is crushing NM and then. Uh, that SMU Memphis game, and then also at three thirty on ESPN, you've got Oklahoma State and Kansas. For some reason, don't know how that got regular ESPN at three thirty, but don't you don't need to watch it. You don't need yeah. to put on ESPN. Don't bother because Kansas State is gonna roll, baby. Fifty point win. Of course not. It's a joke. Four less miles, man. Yeah, Kansas uh, took a big loss to what was it? Uh, yeah, Coastal Carolina, and then an even bigger loss to uh, Baylor. So yeah, it's just they're still terrible. I don't know. I don't know what it'll take. I don't even know if it's possible to to bring that program back to uh, what they went to the Orange Bowl in like 2009 or something. They almost yeah, went to the national were, championship a game. Top ten team like ten years ago. Crazy. And now look at them. If, I mean, if Les Miles can't do it, I don't know if there's yeah, someone that can I, do it. I mean, no one else, no one higher profile than Les Miles is going to end up at Kansas. I can that's, tell you that. that's definitely true. And you know, I don't know. I've been starting to, I've been teaching myself more advanced scheme and stuff in uh, football coaching in case I want to get into that. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm a coaching education minor and I have to do, a, I have to do a practicum at the end of this program where I coach like a youth team. So I don't know if I can like coach a YMCA flag football team to an undefeated record. I think I might send in my resume to Kansas. To see what's <laughs> they, they'll up. They'll probably consider you for that. I would take less than uh, than Les Miles makes right now. Guaranteed. Yeah, I, I think I would too. I would join his staff. I'd be OC. I could be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, or, or maybe even like a like a quarterbacks coach, wide receivers coach, something like that. Absolutely. Maybe you could be like a Joe Brady passing game coordinator type. Of course, of course. Guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, my my run and shoot offense. I'm incorporate some of those RPOs, uh, a lot of seam read pass plays. I think I think it could go real well. 
just imagine playing this back in like 20 years. I'm a head coach at Kansas. <laughs> we'll save that one for the archives. You might, might want to dig it back up later. Yeah, file that one away. We'll file that one away. Uh, got a couple 4 p.m. games on Saturday as well. Your Charlotte 49ers going to FAU. Formerly Lane Kiffin's FAU. Now that he's gone, not sure there's any reason to pay attention to FAU. Not going to lie. Probably not much reason to pay attention to this game at all. Neither of these teams are really great. Uh, group of five teams, Charlotte could be okay, but they've only played one game. I like Will State. Healy. I like Will Healy. Yeah. No, I think he's a good coach, and I, I like how they. I like how hard they pushed App State. I'm honestly, I was surprised at how close that game was. But uh, we don't know much about either team. Florida Atlantic hasn't even played a game yet. Charlotte's had two games uh, postponed due to COVID. So. Um, I think I think I like FAU FAU on this one, but uh, it's hard to know because they haven't even played a game yet. So uh, we'll see. Battle of the unknowns. Yep. Uh, a couple unknowns might get cleared up in this game between Virginia Tech and Duke, also on the ACC network. And I've got a, another bone to pick with Duke. Actually, uh, not only are they not allowing uh, the possible amount of fans under the new protocols in the state of North Carolina, they're not even letting player families in to watch the game. Like, what's the deal with that? Like, you can easily fit, like, two or 300 people in that big old stadium, but they just like refuse like to a, let them in. I feel like it's a private school thing because I'm pretty sure Wake isn't allowing fans, Wake, are they? Yeah, but they were allowing uh, – oh, actually, fans. no, they are. I think they are. I think uh, – because I've got a friend uh, who goes to Wake, and she tweeted that she won the student ticket lottery to go to the Campbell game tomorrow. So maybe, maybe that was just for the first game. Yeah, um, I mean, but they let their families in. Yeah, yeah. Well, at it's minimum, not even allowing least, families. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, I don't. I don't like that one. That's but, insane. Uh, Vanderbilt, they're a private school. They, I don't think they're having fans. At least they weren't. The well, they might have families though. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, that's, that's totally my main different. problem. Like, yeah. I, if your if your school isn't allowing fans, either because of state protocols or just because that's their choice, I understand that. I don't understand not letting. Like two or three hundred, five hundred people, even yeah. up to a thousand. If you're if you're allowing like a lot of friends and family members, that can easily fit in. Uh, so I mean, that's my bone to pick with with the Duke athletic department. Uh, no matter how good Virginia Tech actually is, because even though they were missing all those players, they still crushed State last week. But that that could be a lot on NC State leaving in Bailey Hockman for three quarters. Uh, but Virginia Tech should just crush. She just crushed Duke, Chase Bryce. I mean, their offense turned over the ball seven times last week. Yeah. Virginia Tech might be ACC contender. I don't know. They, they got pushed out of this, the, the rankings this week because of, like, the Big Ten teams. But Big Ten and Pac-12, yeah. They didn't look bad? No, they definitely didn't look bad, especially with 23 players out. I like I like Tech in this one pretty big. Big, big, big. What's, what's, you have the line for that one? Yeah, it's uh, Tech 11 and a half, so. <sighs> Easy. Yeah, Easy. Definitely. I bet Sounds you, like uh, free Liam, money. Liam I bet will Liam be talking about that one. I bet he will. I bet yeah. he will. Uh, and now we're actually going to get to the two games of the week. First, uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky should be a lot of fun. Definitely. I, I like I like both of these teams. I think whichever one wins this game has a lot to be excited about for the rest of the year. Ole Miss's offense is one of the best in the SEC. I'd go that far with it. Lane train, can- baby. Yeah, and Kentucky, Kentucky's a good team too. They a lot of people had them as like a dark horse for the East this year. I, I wasn't that high on them, but uh, well, uh, yeah, of course the Florida fans not so high on Kentucky. Right. Well, I mean, even I think they'll probably come fourth in the East, but honestly, the East has gotten a lot better, and that's not really even a bad thing. Um, no, I, I, you know, having even divisions, it's yeah, better parity is better for everybody. 
Definitely. Uh, I mean, the SEC, the SEC went 500 last week, you know, more parody than ever. <laughs> yeah. Someone, that tweeted, is, someone tweeted that, like, as a joke. They were like, uh, SEC dominance, SEC went 500 week one. And some people, like, took the bait. Yeah, I bet, I bet people, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. SEC fans, you know. Um, yeah, I, I like Ole Miss in this game. But I also like Kentucky. I don't sleep. No don't sleep idea. on Mark Stoops, though. Yeah, I have no idea who to pick him. It'll be fun. I'll, the only thing, the over. Pick the over. What's the? I mean, what's the over? It's got to be, got to be it's in the a, high fifties or sixties. Yeah, yeah. I'd still take it. I, I think I would too. It'll be fun. Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson is an underrated quarterback coming back from injury from last. Joey year, Gatewood so. got the approval today too. He can yeah, play. Yeah, I season. saw. I saw that too. You think he'll play at all? Uh. I'm not sure, but I know as soon as Kentucky, whoever Kentucky's starting quarterback is, throws an incomplete pass, the fans will be calling for Gatewood. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll see on that. I, li- I like Terry Wilson though. I think he's I think he's gonna be their guy for at least at least this year. Um, uh, and now on to the other game of the week: Florida State and Jacksonville State. Yes. Goodness, this will be a barn burner. Could go down to the wire. Looking at this one on ESPN, the tickets are uh, $27. Yeah, $27. It is out of the out of the uh, I'm I mean, I've clicked I've clicked on some of these links. I don't another side note for for other fans who have looked at like the schedules and clicked on these like tickets as low as such and such dollars links. A lot of them are dead now because the of a lot of these games don't have fans. Yeah. Florida State does and the tickets are $27. So I mean, if you really want to go to a college football game for cheap, twenty-seven bucks, go Campbell Stadium. Yeah, not bad. And it's gonna be a good. I don't game. know if I these mean, tickets work. They might. Uh, I'm really not sure. You know, it's gonna be a, a good game. I mean, Florida State may struggle in this game very easily. It would be nice, as much as it is easy to hate on Florida State. It would be nice to see them get on track. They've got so much talent. They they recruit such great athletes. It's impossible. It's kind of painful to see them not be able to put anything together. Like you can rejoice as a conference opponent knowing that the conference You have Florida State on your schedule. Yeah, but uh, you just – something's got to break at some point. Yeah, they need a win this week. They play at Notre Dame next week. Then they play UNC. Then at Louisville. Oh, Lord. It does not get any – I mean, this is – They might go winless this year. They don't beat Georgia Tech. If they don't win this game, they've got to beat Jacksonville State. They could very easily go winless. I really – I honestly, you I gotta win I this one. You gotta hope for their sake that they win. This they can't. Game. I mean, they're surely they're feeling confident. They can't be feeling pressure, but that's the game oh, of the week right there. That's a State, terrible State. position to be in. Oh my goodness, Tallahassee, figure it out. Uh, we've got MTSU Western Kentucky at 5 p.m. Uh, I don't know anything about that game. Do you, JD? Not really. Two winless teams. Someone will come out with their first win of the season. Should be a um, great one to watch. I'm sure that'll yeah. bring in everybody on ESPN Western Kentucky. Three. Western Kentucky. They uh they played Louisville pretty good at the beginning of the year. They lost by 14. So oh, Louisville's they, Louisville's defense is. It's incredible. questionable. Yeah. No matter but, how many insanely, I'll say it again. No matter how many insanely fast guys there are, their defense is bad. But God, yeah. does anybody recruit faster players than Louisville? <laughs> looking at no other football ability than running fast. I just don't know. They just always seem to have speedy guys. Uh, Navy and Air Force Battle of the Service Academies at 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Navy's kind of 
uh, a mystery because, you know, that first game against BYU, they hadn't practiced at all. They got yeah. smacked. Go down 24 nothing against Tulane. They came back and won that game. So Yeah, it's, it, this will be an interesting game. Definitely an underrated Air game. Forces, Air Force's first game of the year, pretty yeah. sure. They were only going to play like three games or two games against the other service academies, but now that the Mountain West is coming back, they'll have a full so schedule. Gotta, so we'll get a nice, we'll get a nice little preview of, of Air Force. Yeah, actually, on ESPN, it still shows their schedule just being Navy and Army. Um, I don't so think I don't, the, I don't think the Mountain West has re, uh, released their schedule. Yeah, yet, they've released one yet. But uh, I think Navy will probably win this game. I mean, they, they've played two games already. If 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 Air Force comes out anything like what Navy came out as, then Navy should roll in this game. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Tough to say on Air Force because they're good. Yet. Just some good triple option service academy football. Exactly. Uh, now we're into prime time, seven o'clock. Georgia Southern, UL Monroe, ESPN Plus, another triple option team. Georgia Southern playing UL Monroe. Uh, I will be honest; it's hard for me to 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 get real excited about that game. I probably won't yeah. be. I, I think just about everybody is uh, doesn't even know that that game is even. Hey, happening. if you're if you're a fan of one of those two teams, no yeah, judgment. Why, you can be excited said, about your team playing, but yeah. That's what I said just about. I mean, honestly. I don't have ESPN Plus, so I, yeah, I it's not my it. fault. <laughs> honestly, uh, this one this one is probably the least exciting one that I've seen so far today. Yeah. Even less so than Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Yeah. I, I don't know uh, what to say. Hey, we, we've, reached, we've reached the final meat and potatoes game of the schedule. 7.30, ESPN, Auburn. And Georgia. Yeah, this is my game of the week. Um, of course. Because, and, and no disrespect to CBS, but this should have been their pick, although I don't mind this being a night game either. Uh, honestly, I kind of like Auburn in this game just because they showed up week one, first half, second half, whereas Georgia showed up only in the second half week one. I know they, uh, they started uh, – Dewan Mathis in the first half, and then Stetson Bennett kind of took over in the second half. But um, JT Daniels got cleared on, uh, I want to say it was Sunday night. So um, we'll see what happens with this game. I've been hearing, though, that Stetson Bennett is still going to be the starter really? in Georgia. Yeah, which I thought was pretty interesting. I don't I don't know how, how well, maybe that is. Well, depending on the severity of the injury, you know, uh, Daniels could have missed a lot of a lot of practice time and yeah, I've I've also un, heard there's a lot of unknowns with that whole situation. I've heard throughout camp that he he got less uh, first team reps than Dewan Mathis did. And I don't know about Bennett, uh, but well, Bennett. No, Dewan Mathis isn't starting on Saturday. Well, yeah, Bennett looked better than Mathis, so I would assume that Bennett's above him on the depth chart right now. I don't, I just don't know where Daniels is at, the, at this point in time. But um, this one, this one should be fun. I think it'll be a really close game. If I had to pick the winner right now, I'd probably lean Auburn, but I would definitely not be surprised if Georgia just out out muscles them in this game. Their defense is probably the best in the country, so uh, we'll see. I don't think either team looks stellar week one, but uh, if I had to go with my gut here, I would go Georgia. Yeah, it's it, really you can't go wrong with either with either pick. I mean, Georgia is favored uh, by six and a half, so. I don't. I don't know. Like Georgia um, at home. That's all I, I can say. Who most people are picking? I Might guess be a pretty. I think it'll Georgia. be a pretty solid atmosphere with whatever percent capacity is allowed there. So. Yeah. 
speaking of, speaking of capacity, I'm just looking at the next game. Tulsa going to UCF. I mean, should be another 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 win to put on uh, UCF's resume as uh, current best group of five team. But is their stadium like called the Bounce House now? ESPN says Bounce House, Orlando, Florida. Oh my God, you're right. I've never even I've never heard of this. Why is it called the Bounce House? I guess they re- I, maybe uh, nobody paid for the for the naming rights this year. <laughs> maybe it was Bounce You that paid for the, the naming rights or something. I don't know. Why are they calling it the Bounce House? Bounce You used to have those uh those like what? What did you call inflatable, like the inflatable slides and stuff? Yeah, like I remember the, uh, going to like so many birthday up. parties at that place. Yeah, so. I miss that place. Uh, bounce house. Why is it called the bounce house? Because they, you know, they jump up and down at the beginning. They and it's like it shakes the stadium. Know, but they could like at least bouncing. give it like an actual stadium name. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, they don't have naming rights or something this year. I don't know. Yeah, okay, this says uh, formerly known as Bright House Network Stadium and Spectrum Stadium. Wow, what well, great names for a stadium! House. Iconic. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, UCF. I mean, Tulsa hung in there with Oklahoma State week one, but don't know how good they were. So. Yeah, UCF to me is probably the best group of five team this year still. Um, so I expect them to win this one right. at least. Wrapping up. Pretty handy. Last few primetime games: Arkansas, Woo Pig Suey, uh, going to Stark Vegas, Starkville, Mississippi State. I don't know if you saw on Twitter this week, but Mississippi State put out a video. Uh, allowing people to hop on the on the bandwagon, uh, and I think they send you a free decal. So I, I signed up for that because I'm uh, I'm a big Mike Leach guy. You know that. Yeah, it's like all we talked about last uh, on Sunday. So I, I expect them to come out and uh, just dominate. Yeah, punch Arkansas in the mouth. Easy air raid, sixty points. Yeah. Sam Pittman's got some work to do. Yeah, all I gotta I mean, say anybody would if they uh, Nick Saban would have some work to do at Arkansas. I mean, they're just – they're not built to be an SEC contender right now. They're not built different. Yeah, they are not built different. Uh, Mississippi oh, State's offense is, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Air raid, baby. Lots of mesh, lots of – lots of four verticals. Kylan Hill, KJ Costello. Woo. Yep. I mean, Mike Leach was blessed with quite the, the tools to work with in his first season. No doubt about it. Uh, Oklahoma, ABC, 730, looking to bounce back in Ames, Iowa, against Iowa State. Uh, I think they should handle Iowa State pretty well. Brock Purdy, this dude was like an NFL prospect, right? Like, what happened to him? Yeah, I don't I don't know what happened to him. I mean – He threw the ugliest – I mean, everyone's looked, seen the video. He threw the ugliest interception I've ever seen last week. Yeah, they've looked really bad this year, Iowa State. And – uh Oklahoma obviously didn't look great last week. Well, they did in the first. In the half. first half, I mean. Yeah. But then Spencer Rattler is like, "Oh, I'm getting Heisman hype. Let me throw, let me throw a couple picks. Let's, let's yeah. quiet that down a little bit." <laughs> so, uh, the line is OU minus seven. Um, I think I think Oklahoma will get it back together this week and should be a bounce back. Bit. I think. Yeah, definitely. Because Iowa State is just not a good team this year, which LSU, a lot of people thought they would be. LSU. Going to Vanderbilt. Didn't they play at Vanderbilt last year? Am I crazy? I could have sworn they played at right. Vanderbilt last year. Could that be maybe like a like a 2016, 2017 uh, Florida and LSU situation? They did where play was... at Vanderbilt. That's a little scheduling quirk with the COVID. Is uh back to back uh back to back years playing the same game yeah. in the same stadium. I was gonna say maybe it's like similar to how uh, LSU and Florida 
kind of argue. Remember how they yeah with the hurricanes and all that hurricane? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. And uh, what that's it was like. uh, Someone got stuffed on the goal line for what the SEC championship, right? Uh, Darius guys got uh, stopped on fourth down. And Florida went to Atlanta, and then yeah, Florida went to Atlanta and got destroyed by Alabama. Yeah. And college football is awesome. There's just so many moments like that. Like you just randomly access them. Yeah. It's perfect. Uh, Southern Miss, North Texas, 7:30. It's not even showing a television network, so it must be regional. Uh, Southern Miss, aren't they rolling with that 30-year-old offensive coordinator as their head coach now, since they they fired their coach or whatever? No, really, I didn't even know that. I have like week I one. Mean, yeah. They got they got beat by uh, South Alabama as like fairly heavy favorites, and then he was just gone. And they're 0-3 this year, so um, should be one for North Texas, but. The don't funny thing is, North Texas is the only favorite one and a half. One and a half so, oh, I don't know that they're that great either. So, don't yeah. know too much about those two teams. Just know that what's the dude's name coaching Southern Mississippi these days? Let's see. I know he's like 30 years old. Yeah, Jay Hobson resigned. So, it's Scotty Walden got promoted. He resigned. Jay Hobson resigned, or was he resigned. fired? He resigned uh, week one. But, uh, yeah, they wow. got a 30 year old. Scotty Hops or um, I just said his name. <laughs> I I did I. I... Um, Scotty Scotty Walden. Walden. Yeah. Yeah, you know, best of luck to him. I love seeing young guys get an opportunity, one way or another, and maybe they'll get to string some wins together. And then last game of the day, the eight p.m. slot ACC Network game, Clemson taking on Virginia in Death Valley. Virginia was not impressive last week. Clemson is Clemson. It's a foregone conclusion unless something absolutely insane happened. Yeah, I, I like Clemson in this one pretty yeah. big. No Bryce Perkins anymore for Virginia. Yeah. So I think their magic kind of got used up last year. Sorry, Paige. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it for the, uh, the preview, college football preview for this week. Uh, and next up, we've got a segment with uh, Liam Blutman talking about some uh, some lines, some gambling, maybe a little bit of college football. All right, so we're here today with Liam Blutman, uh, member of the Victory Bets uh, Twitter account. He is a sports capper, sports reporter. He knows just about everything that's going on uh, college sports, basically sports in general. How are you doing today, Liam? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. It's great having you on, Liam. So... Um, <laughs> That's Liam's dog, Bruin, in the background. Uh, the so infamous. The infamous Bruin. Uh, so t- I, today I just wanted to ask you, Liam, uh, you know, I know you know just about as well as anyone uh, what to look for on the board this weekend uh, in college football, maybe even the NFL. Uh, what are some bets, some lines that you're looking at that, that you might like this weekend? Uh, the first one I'm looking at is West Virginia plus three. Uh, they're playing Baylor in Morgantown, and the public's all over Baylor, uh, which I don't really understand. They're untested week. I mean, you could call it week one, but what about a hey, what about that strong win over Les Miles, Kansas? That's yes. a quality win. It's always a quality win when you could beat Les for real. But no, nah, Kansas. Oh my gosh, we're almost not parking. Okay, Kansas is just awful, abysmal. Uh, routed by Coastal Carolina, beat by them second year in a row. 
I don't really see the allure of Baylor, especially with losing Matt Rule and uh, top receiver Denzel Mims is gone. Jamichael Hasty's gone. It's like I don't know why they're favored. I would have had at least a pick them. Uh, West Virginia's defense is a lot better than the public eye would assume. The Stills brothers on the defensive line are pretty good. Vandarius Cowan and Alabama transfer. And uh, Tyke Smith is another nice piece they have. They came off a low-scoring loss to Oklahoma State where they held the, the Pokes offense in check. I, I, and I think West Virginia's offense is capable enough to, like, go toe-to-toe with Baylor if, if a shootout were to happen, but I don't really see a shootout happening. I think West Virginia could win outright and we get three points at home. I think that's that's pretty nice uh, value to get. I'd want to circle back there on, on Oklahoma State. Are you concerned about uh, what's going on with them, especially if they're that week one performance against Tulsa? Are you think they're going to be able to get going and get uh, get Chuba Hubbard back in that Heisman conversation? Do you think they're capable of that, or or what's going on down there? I I don't I don't think Chuba enters the Heisman race. That's just going to be my uh, the the stance I'll take because they're also using LD Brown, who's a a bigger back, and he's been running well, and they're they're using both of them a good bit. They're running a lot of power. Uh, I don't think like Chuba's really gonna have to break dang near every carry off. It's gonna be tough. Uh, I'm not worried about that team going forward though. Their defense has been really impressive in in two games. I know it's Tulsa and West Virginia, but it's still been impressive. Um, it, it the Tulsa game was just like a complete throwaway. I, I think you think it was just rust for the first game of the year. I mean, Spencer Sanders gets hurt the uh, first drive of the game. They're, they're QB1, and I'm watching that, and their backup QB comes in, Ethan Bullock, and this is honestly probably the worst QB I've ever seen play at the <laughs> Division One level. I'm not even joking. This was literally the worst quarterback. Yeah, you, maybe, you haven't seen. Seen, maybe you haven't seen Bailey Hockman for NC State this oh, season. Oh, I, I have, and I've got to <laughs> tell you, this dude Bullock is like special kind of bad. He was at South Dakota State and then transferred some JUCO in San Francisco. Somehow made his way to, to 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 Oklahoma State, and every decision he made was just wrong. Whether it was running six yards behind the line of scrimmage out of bounds and taking a sack instead of th- flipping it and throwing it away, avoiding every hit possible, like he's just petrified the guy was so bad they were in danger of losing that game strictly because of that dude then uh shane illingworth came in he played really well i think i actually like him i think he's a pretty solid qb he's not spencer sanders yet but uh, he's only a freshman so but yeah i think oklahoma state gets back on track once sanders gets healthy and they get Tylen Walls more involved. Chuba will get going, and LD Brown's a really nice compliment back. All right. So, yep, Oklahoma State looking to get back on track. West Virginia plus three, Liam's uh, first pick of the day. Uh, also, JD, the Big 12 is bad. Oh. 
They are yeah, I mean, it's it's even if you consider Texas like the number one there, like not too much to look at beyond that. Uh, but I, I think, think it's still you, but oh my gosh, that conference is really bad. That's tough. It's it's a tough look for, for them this season. I think JD was curious about uh, the the total, the over-under in that uh, Ole Miss-Kentucky game, weren't you, JD? Yeah, I wanted to know what he thought about that Kentucky-Ole Miss game. I think over under the there, over under there is uh, 61, 61 and a half. Yeah, 61 and a half. And I think uh, Kentucky is favored by six and a half. Yeah, Kentucky's favored by six now. It opened at seven, and the total went up. It, it, it is at 61 and a half. It opened at 56 and a half. Um, hmm, that's an interesting game. I didn't really have a, a play on it. I might win. Uh, kickoff comes around or a live bet or something, but uh, I don't know. I'm really mad I didn't bet Auburn against Kentucky Week One. So I wasn't I I wasn't happy. I stayed off of that game. A lot of a lot of momentum. A lot of momentum swings. Uh, I mean, that game it could have ended very differently. Yeah. The oh, just another instance of a bad targeting call too on the oh pick yeah six on the yeah on the like uh, on the pick six. six. Yeah, that's just targeting is like that. I, I obviously everybody understands the concept of targeting and why it's it's somewhat important for trying to trying to protect the players, but uh, the inconsistency and and some of the calls they make is it's it's brutal. It's terrible, and like dudes shouldn't be getting ejected over it. They're making football plays. It's a violent sport. Something's gonna happen, and it's not always gonna be their fault. How many times you see somebody get called for targeting, and it's because the then the hit looks bad because the offensive player lowered their shoulder, their their head, whatever. Like, bro. so bad if an offensive player is initiating it and making it like that the and, offensive oh, the offensive so targeting calls because they'll call them on on offensive players too like off some of these penalties like offensive targeting penalties are 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 something that i question also do you see the uh the josh allen face mask penalty last week yes <laughs> on the money drive <laughs> Oh man, it's it's just comedy. It's just comedy. But uh, what are what are uh, what are one or two more plays you like from college football this weekend? And I understand you also have a Thursday night football pick this uh, tonight. Indeed. Um. So one of the other college plays I was looking at was UCF minus eleven and a half first half. Big fan of UCF. Just an electric team explosive offense led by Dylan Gabriel, potential Heisman dark horse. They've got multiple good receivers, Trey Nixon, Marlon Williams, uh, forget his first name, but their receiver three Robinson's pretty good. Uh, Yeah, I really like this team. Um, Tulsa, I, I spoke a little on them earlier against Oklahoma State. They overachieved. They sh- that game should not have been that close. Uh, their offense couldn't do anything. UCF, they play extremely fast. They're going to have a lot of possessions in the first half. There's no way that they shouldn't be up 
two touchdowns minimum after first half. It's also their first home game. They played really well back-to-back road games against the Georgia Tech and East Carolina, but anytime you could score 41 unanswered points, I don't care who your opponent is, it's quite impressive. Playing in the Unless uh, it's like playing FCS in the play. the officially named bounce house this weekend. <laughs> oh, of course, and who can forget their national champions? Oh yeah, 2017 national champion UCF UCF Knights. I mean, hard hard to pick against them when you say it like that. Sure. Oh, it was easy to pick against LSU though last week. <laughs> but yeah, uh like if UCF scores twenty one in the first half, we should be chilling. And I don't I, I don't see how they don't score twenty one minimum. Twenty one, twenty eight, whatever it is, they should have us chilling and win that first half by twelve or more. All right, and and, uh, and what's that that Thursday night football teaser you're saying uh, some better should be looking for? Yeah, I was looking at seven point teaser the Broncos plus eight and under forty seven and a half. Uh, there's just no shot I would ever put my hard earned money on the Jets, and I would advise uh, everybody to have that same mindset. Like uh, that's a fantastic philosophy to live your life by. Yeah, you ever just put money on the Jets and then get blown out, lose your money, and then you're contemplating why you ever put your money on that garbage franchise in the first place? <laughs> Not a fun place to be in. Uh, it's right. uh, yeah, I don't like the Broncos. I don't really care that it's Brett Ripien at QB, Boise State legend. I mean, it's not a big deal. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, they're all better than anybody on the Jets, honestly. To think the, to uh, the Jets could have had John Wolford and Greg Dortch on their roster right now, released them and, both. And if they did, they would be 21-point favorites. Wake Forest in legends. The top of the AFC East. Insane. Uh, all right, Liam, take us home with a couple. I know – you have a penchant for finding under-the-radar guys, both in college football and college basketball. Uh, I know there's a certain two-lane running back you like, and just just let us know who's under the radar that's that we should really be taking a look at in college football this year. Yeah, so two-lane running back, Ty J. Spears. Uh, unfortunately, he did get hurt last game, but I, he should be all right. They play uh, next Thursday against Houston. Ty J's an explosive back, averaging like seven and a half yards a carry. Uh, he does a little work in their receiving game. I think at the if he gets an NFL look eventually, I believe he's a he, he's sophomore, I believe, or retro freshman, whatever. Uh, whenever he gets an NFL, he should be used more as a receiving back. That's just not really how Tulane operates. They use multiple running backs and run the ball a good bit. But yeah, Ty J's breaking off uh, multiple, like, 15, 20-plus yard runs a game. He's been electric thus far. Uh, some other names to look for this weekend. Uh, Zach Wilson, a.k.a. Mormon Manziel. He, uh, quarterback for BYU, they play Louisiana Tech Friday night. Uh, he's taken tremendous strides this season, and he looks like he could uh, see himself on an NFL roster one day. He's been so good. 
uh, he's toned down on bad decision making as well. So I like watching Wilson play. Adi Omatosho, East Carolina receiver, UCLA transfer. They played Georgia State this Saturday. Uh, ECU's raving about Omotosho, and I can see why I'm really mad UCLA and him could work out. But whatever, ECU has another receiver to uh, to talk highly about, as they always seem to do. Another receiver, Jonathan Adams at Arkansas State. They play Coastal Carolina this Saturday. Adams stole the show against Kansas State, was instrumental in their upset win. He had, I don't, I don't think we could count on a hand, like how many good catches he had, but he excelled. Uh, there was that one catch that didn't count. I still think it should count, but he must the dude so bad in the right side of the end zone. It was sensational. Then you got Demonte Coxey playing SMU receiver from Memphis. I'm very high on. I think NFLs are in all over him, whether it be a WR1 or WR2 at the next level. I think he can excel in the pros. Then lastly, have a pair of uh, defensive players from Alabama, not really under a radar. Well, Dylan Moses and LeBron Ray. Moses is known. This is a surefire first-round pick coming off injury. And then LeBron Ray also coming off injury is looking to prove why he's a first-rounder. I think this is one of the best defensive duos in the country in the front seven. They're very fun to watch. All right, great list of guys to take a look at in college football this year and some other uh, great picks for football this weekend. I don't know anybody else that knows more about the lines to look for. JD, you got anything else for them? Uh, Liam, I just wanted to ask, where can we find you on uh, social media for more of this type of stuff? Right. My Twitter is Blutman27, B-L-U-T-M-A-N-2-7. And he's also a part of the team over at, at uh, Victory Bets. Uh, Liam Blevin, thank you so much for coming on, giving us all that info. Uh, I don't know uh, of almost anyone who knows uh, as much about all this stuff as you, so thanks once again for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks once again to Liam Blutman for coming on and telling us about uh, some things to look for if you're, uh, if you're so inclined to gamble on any of the football coming this weekend. Uh, and also tell us about some guys to look for this season in college football that might not be to discuss. JD, I'm just so excited for another another week uh, with a full slate of football, aren't you? Yeah, for sure. I I can't wait for this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, a lot of exciting matchups happening. So uh, really excited for what's to come. Hopefully, you're able to to get your eyes on a couple of those games when you're on your way back from from Gainesville. Yeah, I'm planning on I'm planning on watching as much as I can on the way back uh, with the shared driving. So. Uh, oh my goodness! We'll yeah, that, what is that? Gainesville yeah. from Winston Salem? That's gotta be like a well, what, nine or ten hour drive. Well, I'm gonna be spending the night in uh, in Savannah Friday night. So, but but we're coming all the way back on uh, on Saturday. So we'll probably be home one two a.m. So yeah, plenty of eight. plenty of games to watch uh, on the phone on the way back when you're not yeah, driving. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, so that'll wrap us here. That'll wrap us up here on uh, on the Fun and Gun Podcast, episode two. Uh, and can't wait to see everyone again for the college football recap Saturday night, Sunday morning. That'll be out on Sunday. Uh, everybody have a great weekend and enjoy the football. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>